We open up on a dark wall with a soft blue glow on it. As we track down that wall, we slowly see multiple separate rooms where there are different figures sitting in each of them. Three walls within these rooms are concrete and steel with a camera in every corner fixated on the individuals at the tables. The final wall is a solid piece of thick, reflective glass. There is seemingly no exit from these rooms. The individuals have been sitting in these rooms for quite some time now, and many of them are now impatient. Some bored, some waiting in silence, patiently biding their time. Finally, a robotic voice is heard. Thank you for your patience. Subjects, the interrogation process begins now. Answer truthfully. Consequences for wrong answers are most unpleasant. Subject 5, you will be first. A section of the glass wall on room number 5 moves backwards and then off to the side. From the darkness, a middle-aged man with glasses walks in. His tall and slender frame is not all that menacing, but yet there is a strange, dangerous feeling in the air the moment he steps in. He places his tablet on the table and sits down. Alright, well, let's start from the beginning. Who the fuck are you? What's up, everybody? This is Colin Parker, your podcast boss of the Scavengers Network, and this is the beginning of a brand new show that I believe we are calling Myth Takes. And with me, we are joined by, uh, sorry, who wants to go first? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> go <my> first. <laughs> uh, Lindsay Nelson of Historical Hotties. Uh, I'm, more... I'm I get to go. No, okay. no, no, me, me, me. <laughs> sure, go, go, go. Sam Grezes of State Your Case. Yeah, and then that just leaves me, Morgan Spatola from Academy Outcasts. I realized after I was like, as I was saying my name, I was starting to stall, going, "How am I going to introduce everyone?" That's the one thing I did not write down. Nailed it <laughs> on my list of things to do. So I think we nailed it. Yes. Uh, we so guys, starting thank you so off much this for podcast us. appropriately. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I am very excited to get this project started. We've been talking about this, I feel like, since maybe episode two of The Adventure Zone's Amnesty. Like, multiple people have been talking, we've got to do a Monster of the Week show. We've got to do a Monster of the Week show. And so, now we're finally doing it. Um, so, I'm really excited about doing this. Uh, so, the way this is going to work, this first episode here is a world-building episode. Um, we're going to be introducing the characters that Morgan, Sam, and Lindsay are playing. Uh, and because we just had that little opening there in the beginning, um, they are all being interviewed independently. Um, and uh, they are going to have the decision... To tell, uh, obviously, they're going to tell all of us all about their characters. Um, but then at the end, I'm going to ask them how much they tell this individual. Oh, I love that. Um, and that will come into play 
later on in the season because you could have a secret that we know here, the four of us know, but those four people in that other room do not know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could be a life or death situation. So uh, we started off with Lindsay. Um, So Lindsay, why don't you introduce us to your character? So my character is, I'm the summoned. So I'm a creature summoned as part of an attempt to start an apocalypse. Um, and I, my character is named Noctis, but I figured Noc for short. Um, oh. And uh, I am asexual androgynous in appearance with an almost human body, but the eyes and hair are solid black, more like darkness than a color. And my fingers are too long for normal human hands. <laughs> I love that description. And I'm I wearing don't. a big coat. It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, very I'm, scary. I'm part of the apocalypse. I'm supposed to be creepy. Freakish is one of my traits. So. I like I like the Yikes. big coat. That's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank are you yes. actually three toddlers? Is that why your fingers are so long? Are they actually like carrots that they brought as snacks? No, they're just they're too long. They have like an extra joint. They're longer than human hands. Oh, okay. okay that part made it worse to me. <laughs> At first, I was just thinking, like, freakishly long fingers, where it's like, I don't know, I was just born this way. But this is, like, an extra, like, reason to curl it. Oh, God. <laughs> that actually sent shivers down my spine just now. Yay! Um. So, as a quick question, like, you said that you were summoned to, uh, to like, to usher in the apocalypse. Do you know what or who summoned you? Or is this something that you're still kind of like not sure of? I don't know. One of the options for this class is that I don't know that I was summoned as part of the apocalypse. Um, mm-hmm. And that one of the other hunters has more like was stopped the summoning or was aware of the summoning or knows more about me being summoned for the apocalypse than I do. And I thought that might be fun if anybody wanted Ooh. to. Oh, are we doing that with the, the history and stuff? uh yes and no so like i think that that's really cool because we do have some more characters that we can introduce um and i won't spoil anything major here but i do know someone else in the group is playing a divine Mm. so it might be very interesting to have a but the other person also hasn't quite figured out why they were sent down here Mm. so it might be very interesting if like both were sort of sent down here but like neither of them know why they're here i like that but they're kind of almost opposing forces in a way so that is very that is very interesting to me um now i'm trying to look you up here for the summoned so the other thing about the summon is you kind of have the option to uh, uh you can say whether or not you actually want to bring about the apocalypse so you know are you secretly hoping that it will come into fruition or are you kind of like well, I was summoned, but I don't want to do this. No, Nock actually really likes the world. Um, I don't, I was thinking that I don't know, like I didn't, I have vague memory of not existing in a way that like, I really like sensory things. Cause one of the things mm. you can pick is my trait is that I love luxury food. <laughs> um, and I just, I just really like sensory things because I remember being in a place where you couldn't experience anything. Oh, that's so, good. So I'm that pro. Is so good. I'm pro the world happening. I don't want to bring about the apocalypse. Nice. Oh, that is so so good. I love this yeah. so much. Your character already 
<laughs> like coming out of the gate swinging. Um, and is there anything else that we need to know about your character? Um, I have a say. sign of the apocalypse and uh, that's mm-hmm. related to my apocalypse. And the one that I picked is creeping darkness. Um, so Ooh. it will happen sometimes as like a sign of the apocalypse getting closer. And I don't know. Cause like I said, I don't know the details of my apocalypse summoning. Um, but I sense that it's destructive, um, and so when there's, like, darkness that behaves abnormally. Right. Gotcha. Okay. That's- oh, God, that's so good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So, um, so, okay, uh, the last thing I guess I'll ask about this character here before, um, uh, we, I guess, either move to the next person or unless other people also have questions, um- but the only other question that I have is, so you said that there is uh, kind of like a very close to a human figure, but there is mm-hmm. also clearly something that makes them different, like the fingers, the hair, the eyes. Um, how would you say this individual sort of uh, tends to hide this from people? Or are you someone who just sort of does not generally deal with the public yeah i have freakish as one of my attributes so i'm i'm weird and people react badly to me and that's why the big coat is my coat because i hide a lot and so i'm i'm like a dark hang back in the shadows person while other people talk to the normals because i freak people out so (laughs) that's fantastic i love that (laughs) um so do you uh let me try this again uh, Morgan and Sam, do you guys have any questions before we move on? Um, no, that's for me. That's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. that's pretty clear. I, I like that a lot, actually. Thanks. So then, the man that has walked in and is interviewing you, basically, kind of giving you the third degree, uh, and is asking about you, clearly knows that you are not a human, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But how much of all of this, like history, and like you know what it is that you used to know? you know, know that you were brought in for this or that, you know, what do you tell this person? I mean, I think Noctis is kind of guileless and they are as interested to know stuff about, they don't know a lot about themselves and they're as interested Mm -hmm. to know stuff about themselves as anybody else. So I think I'd be pretty willing to talk about it in case you know anything about, because I don't, I just got here recently. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. Okay. Fair, fair. Cool. All right. That gives me a lot of stuff that I can work with, and I like that. All right. Um, so, Sam, you were very uh, very much on top of the, ooh, me, me, me go next. Yeah. Um, so let's hear all about your character. All right. So I am playing a mundane. Um, it is a man uh, with a laughing face and sporty clothes. Uh, he is named TJ Sanderson. And uh, he goes to uh, the Westlake High School. Uh, He is the quarterback of the Westlake Orcas. And during baseball season, he plays shortstop as well. He is also (laughs) the lead guitarist and singer of a band called TJ and the Sprinkles. Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. He is, uh, I I mean, he's just your your normal, popular high school kid. Uh, He... You know, has a lot of friends. He okay. So, in terms of character things that are that are relevant, um, I picked I picked my moves, but I guess you guys don't need to know that. Uh, in terms of gear, uh, he he does have a baseball bat uh, and a pocket knife. 
uh, or rather, he has a, a baseball bat and a multi-tool um, in terms of gear. Uh, in terms of means of transport, it was very hard for me not to take the skateboard, but I figured it would be mm. more on brand uh, that he would have his mom's old 1997 <laughs> Ford Windstar that he uses to haul the band's uh, gear around. Oh, in. man. Yeah. Um, to do to do like local shows at you know at coffee shops and and right. bars that will like wave their eighteen you know or their twenty one and over policy uh, because they want to <laughs> cater to high school kids with fake IDs. Oh man, <laughs> right. Um, now, actually, you're right. I did forget about that. Um, so we'll come back to Lindsay in a second on this. But what were the moves that you ended up picking? Okay, so the moves I ended up picking because I think I think TJ Sanderson, I think my boy TJ doesn't know anything about any of this. Like I, I feel <laughs> like he doesn't. He he will be the one who like has an explanation, thinks he can, you know, thinks he's hot shit because he's a high schooler and he's invincible, right? Right. Um, yeah. I, I think that he does not he does not believe in anything other than, you know, any of the paranormal stuff. So the stuff I took was based on that. I um I took I'll, I'll, okay, so I'll start with what could go wrong. So whenever I charge into immediate danger without hedging my bets, I hold two and I can spend my hold to inflict plus one harm reduce someone's harm suffered by one or take plus two on an act under pressure roll. Mm. Um, along with that, I took, don't worry, I'll check it out. Uh, which says whenever I uh, go off by myself to check somewhere out or something out, I mark experience. Those are, those are the two ones that are my, uh, I don't know. I'm, I am less a fan of those as I am of oops. Um, oops says, if I want to stumble across something important, tell the keeper. I'll find something important and useful, though not necessarily related to my immediate problems, <laughs> which, which I'm really... So I wanted to... In, in building my character, I wanted to have this um, pushback between me finding all this useful stuff and me also thinking that half, if not all of it, is bullshit. Mm. I really like that. Um, so like I like I'm 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 expecting to I'm I'm going to try in my role play to to lean into that and if I find something that seems just like would would seem to me like me Sam if I walk across it and I pick something up if it seems like junk yeah I'll trash it um <laughs> like I I seriously that's so, that's kind of what I want to do right if that's I gonna be I kind great. of am yeah, I, I think you're it just going to be tossing sacred dudes. amulets and, and rings of right, power exactly. all the time. I mean, the, oh, the potential yeah. for the storytelling fuck ups on that is like is exponential. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I wonder I, I wonder right. I wonder how far I can hit this crystal ball with my very good baseball bat. <laughs> right. And the amount of times that I'll be like, OK, well, hang on a second, because this is directly linked to the next arc. Okay, and it's destroyed. No, it's gone. Well, it's gone. <laughs> uh, well, guys, we're gonna have to take a mid-season break while I yeah. figure this <laughs> You're gonna have to rewrite out. everything because of your stupid character that you made. You just destroyed That's the a... MacGuffin, so now we need to... If the characters yeah. aren't actively trying to break the game, then what's the point? Yeah, that's so <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing about any kind of role-playing game is when you are like, okay, and this is Mr. Jeffers, uh, and like Mr. Jeffers is just there to tell you that like your next witness 
is down the block. You know what I mean? And yet all of a sudden everyone's like, Mr. Jeffers is my new best friend. And you're like, no, Mr. Jeffers does not have any backstory. That's the I have only written. bit that he has. And you have to come up with something so fast. My only notes on Mr. Jeffers is his name is Mr. Jeffers. It's like, you have, that's you have created his first so name much more is work Mr. For me. Yes. Yeah. His, his first name is Mr. Because I could not come up with something better. Um, even in this moment. Um, all right, Sam, I love those. I love oops because of the fact that it could very well potentially fuck some stuff up, especially yeah. because of some items and some things that I do think are going to be important and useful later. So if well, you were to just chuck them, uh, yeah. it is going to severely fuck some other people over later and it's going to be nice. great. Okay, cool. Um, cool. I really love the other two choices because that is so very much like... Uh, if you've ever seen any horror movie ever, mm-hmm. it's like the literal, like the white jock that's like, yep. you know, hey, you know, nothing could go wrong with me. What could go wrong? And he walks mm-hmm. out and he's like, see, there's nothing. To, uh, you know, but I mean, obviously, I'm not just going like, to. Does he have you know, that voice? It, like right off the bat. That might be good. No. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, to be honest with you, that was like one of the voices that I was thinking about for my character. I've gone through so many uh, choices oh, man. recently. <laughs> it's I, I think I finally settled on it with. Uh, well, you'll hear it. Um, so anyway, uh, and then, yeah, don't worry. I'll check it out is also the same sort of thing where it's like the amount of times that even in non horror movies where I've been like at a friend's house and it's like two in the morning and you hear something, my instinct is like, nope, stay right where you are. Stay like hidden. And you're like, oh, it's it's fine. I'll go check it out. You're like, you're an, oh, don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, my dude, that's not good. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I love this character. This is great. And what was the name one more time? TJ Sanderson. <laughs> TJ Sanderson. Love it. Love it. Um, and, uh, okay. So the one thing that we're not doing right now is the history stuff, because that's going to sort of come into play uh, yeah. as we do the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be, that'll be that. Okay, great. And, um, Fantastic. Okay, so then what were the moves? Let's go back to Lindsay real quick. Um, what were the moves that you picked for your character? Yeah, bring up your. So I have freakish. Um, I'm weird, and people react badly to me. You can't use manipulate someone until I prove myself to them first, and this includes other hunters. It's up to them when I've proved myself, and until then, they'll just try to get away from me. I can spend one luck to have the person take to me, um, and I can. Hmm. Uh, I skip the manipulate someone roll and they act as if I've rolled a 12. Uh, additionally, you can use manipulate someone on monsters that can reason and talk, but they always will want something very badly. Um, mm. And then I have what are you looking at? Uh, which is because mm. I'm so freakish, when I talk to a monster and it's capable of reason or speech, it will recognize me in my dangerous potential. And if I ask it what it knows, I can pick from one of four things to ask the keeper that they'll tell me um, about where am I from? What is my destiny? Who am I really? And tell me something about the apocalypse. And then I have, uh, should I feel that? Um, My body has two armor. (laughs) This doesn't stack with any other armor. Okay. Okay, So you can't like, if you got like a chain mail or whatever, it wouldn't, wouldn't up me wouldn't any more than that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Um, and so, and I know we already went through this, but just because I'm kind of reminding myself, did you say what your gear was as well? Uh, I have a red right hand, 
um, which <sighs> is three harm hand magic and replaces my normal unarmed attack. And then mm-hmm. for my two heavy weapons, I have a sledgehammer and a big sword. That's badass. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so, okay, because I'm, you know, this is a character that is sort of a additional resource. Um, this is still something I'm still kind of even myself learning about. Um, replacing your normal unarmed attack is three harm hand magic. What is the difference between the hand magic and uh, the normal magic? Do they actually explain that, or is it, or is that saying that it's just magic? I, th- I think it's just that my hand can be a magic weapon. I think that hand oh. also is the uh, oh. the range. Because oh, I okay. have then it's, one yeah. of my uh, attacks is like that too. It's it's hand because I have claws, and so like, but like, it's basically like I can't like say to the person like the enemy's twenty feet away and be like, yeah, and I hit him with my claws. Like, no, you got to be like right up there, okay. doing, like hand to hand combat. I think is what that one refers to. That makes sense. Yeah, because as I'm looking up, I realize it's not hand magic; it's hand magic because yeah. there's close mm-hmm. and there's auto, there's far area. You know. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I apparently just can't read. That's what it boils down to. Um, fantastic. Love it. Love it. These characters are really coming together. Ooh, spooky. Hearing all about the demons and the high school students and whatnot. Uh, it's your podcasting buddy. It's your dungeon... Nope, it's your keeper. I forgot that's what I'm called in this. It's your ad break friend, Colin Parker. Uh, That was not my best introduction of myself, but we got through it. I'm here real quick to read to you a couple of ads that uh, if you use these promo codes or if you use these links, it helps us as a network to uh, get to a point where we could maybe make this our full-time job. So, you know, we really thank you if you use them. So our first person that we're going to talk about this week is Lyft. Lyft launched the original concept of Rideshare in 2012. And the idea behind Rideshare is to provide a more technically advanced, cheaper alternative to taxi services, as well as make the ride more personable, by enabling you to know who it is that you're going to be trusting to drive you from point A to point B. Um, I use Lyft all the time here in New Orleans, which, you know, uh, at the time of recording this episode, I am still here. Uh, This episode will premiere right before I leave. Um, But Lyft is a really great thing, especially when, you know, you know that parking is going to be bad in a big city. Or maybe if you've been out with some friends and you've had a couple drinks, You know, it's not safe to get behind the wheel of your car, so you use Lyft to uh, drive you from that point A back to your point B, right? So, listeners here, uh, make sure to use ScavLyft, that's S-C-A-V-L-Y-F-T, ScavLyft, for $5 off your first ride if you're a passenger, and get a signing bonus if you're a first-time driver. You can earn up to an extra 375 days in your first 30 days. Lift. Riding is the new driving. Our next ad is for Masterclass. Now, this one is just seemingly perfect, considering the show that we're working on right now. Um, this is an advertisement for you for the R.L. Stein Masterclass. That's right, award-winning novelist R.L. Stein wrote jokes and funny stories for 20 years before he switched gears and became a horror writing legend. 
Since then, the author of the Goosebumps and Fear Street series has sold more than 400 million copies. In his first ever online class, R.L. Stein takes the fear out of fiction writing. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you'll learn new ways to conquer writer's block, develop plots, and build nail-biting suspense that will thrill young readers. This masterclass features 28 unique lessons, a workbook, and even office hours where you can upload videos to ask questions of the class, and R.L. Stein himself will answer some of the hot-button issues. So just go to bit.ly slash rlscav, that's capital R, capital L, capital S, and a lowercase c-a-v. It is capital sensitive, um, so we do have to be careful with that, you know? Um, but uh, like I said, it's bit.ly, big R, big L, Bill, big S, little c-a-v. And learn from the best, R.L. Stein. This episode is coming to you on May 10th, so the next episode will be on May 24th. And that will be the next world-building episode where we'll introduce you to the next set of characters. Um, and uh, there's just a couple of those episodes before we get into the, the actual magic of the world that we have created. Um, so thank you so much for joining us, and uh, let's go back to Morgan, Lindsay, and Sam. Morgan, Hi. tell us all about your character. Okay, so uh, my character is uh, Allie Bassandria uh, Smith. She just goes by Allie. She's named after her aunt, uh, and she is the monstrous. Um, so she's half monster, half human. Um, and I did write a small backstory. Um, that she's the daughter of regular old human Derek Smith and a succubus. Um, so she grew up in the human world with her dad. Um, and her dad really, like, he knew, you know, that she's half succubus and he really raised her with this mantra of, like, be good, don't do bad things, like, just be a good person, whatever. And, like, you're different from other kids. Things, weird things are going to happen to you, but you just need to be good. So her whole MO is, like, fitting in and not being noticed as slightly demonic, um, which is why I'm pretty excited to work with uh, Sam and Lindsay's characters because one is like, oh, yeah, I'm a demon. Tell me more about the world. And then TJ's like, none of this exists. And then Allie's, like, in the middle where it's like, I know this exists, but I pretend that it doesn't. So um, her whole thing is like, you know, just just please let me just go about my day and like deal with, you know, normal human stuff, except for all of the demon stuff keeps coming back at her and she has to deal with it. Mm. So um, so with that, as a monster, she comes with a curse um, and her curse is feed, which is she has to subsist on living humans um and for her that takes the form of their spiritual mm. essence so you know succubi like seduce people and, and eat their souls basically so that's like her not not so much the seducing things i don't want to have like a character that's a horn dog but basically every once in a while <laughs> she knows that she needs to get somebody's soul and she can't really help it and has to do it so the way that that works in the, the game is that um whenever a perfect opportunity presents itself i can either go do it or I have to act under pressure um, to resist feeding. So if I if I lose that role, I go do it anyway. But um, that's that. So basically, whenever Colin feels like presenting that perfect opportunity, I have to deal with it. Um, so how does that dovetail? Does that dovetail at all with other hunters? Um, I don't know. It doesn't say anything about that, mm. so I'm not sure. But there are some history okay. um, history components too, where like one of the history components was like. Um, you know, she tried to, um, 
uh, you know, feed off of another hunter one time, and that's how they knew each other, like, basically. But, like, it didn't go over well, and now now they're friends or something like right. that. So I'm not really sure how that goes with other hunters. Hopefully I'm not turning on hmm. everyone every two seconds. That would be sad. Fair <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean, you know, that could potentially, like, maybe once come into play, but I definitely don't want to, like, have it be like, hey, every episode you have to pick a hunter that you're not, yeah. like, that you're going to try to not eat, yeah. basically. Oh, not eat, but you know what I'm right. saying. Um, it's not a vor thing. Jesus, Colin. She's basically um, a vor person. You know what I'm trying to say. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so she, um, uh, what else? So natural attacks, um, base, or her base attack is a life drain, so she can, that's, that's the soul-sucking thing going into a natural attack, so it's an intimate attack, which means that she has to get real up, up in somebody's business, but then she can do one harm and take that harm and use it to heal herself. Um, which mm. feels pretty badass. Cool. And then the other one is claws. Um, she does have claws and that's a hand to hand combat thing. So the way that that works out in my brain is that, um, I was doing some research on succubi in demonology lore, and they're always described as appearing to be beautiful, um, and, you know, relatively normal looking human women, except for they always have some kind of weird deformity upon closer inspection. So, um, one of those described was bird claws instead of hands. Um, and so I, I don't want her to have bird hands cause that just seems weird. So I, I gave her the claws yeah. to attack. And so I just imagine that she just has like really long fingernails. And I was actually sending Colin pictures of people's weird stiletto manicures, but, um, nice. manicures get crazy these days. And so I just imagine that it looks like she has an insane sharp manicure. Um, and so, you know, most mundane human people just like if they see something weird they just don't want to see that right and they come up with like a reason and they kind of explain it away kind of like how you were talking about tj doing that um so most people just think mm -hmm. that she has a manicure um and then the other little thing about her appearance is that she has yellow eyes um but she wears fake glasses they're non-prescription glasses just so that people don't look too close at her eyes because she's always trying to kind of hide that um and then what else her um you have uh, weapons, right? So she can have one weapon. Um, and I kind of imagine her like just really wanting to mind her own business. And so in my head, she kind of works at like some kind of small locally owned place, like a coffee shop or a pawn shop or something. Um, so I gave her a shotgun that she would keep under the counter. <laughs> um, nice. So oh, her weapon nice. is a shotgun. <laughs> um, and then, oh, she has a move. Um, her move is unnatural appeal, which is she just rolls um, plus weird instead of plus charm whenever she manipulates somebody. Um, and mental dominion. So she can basically do mind control um, on a good roll, basically, um, mm. if trying to, to manipulate people. So, um, And then for the way that works is hunters can choose whether they do it or not. And if they do, they mark experience. But um, yeah, and then... Yeah, I think that's about it. So what? Okay, so I'm looking at your your moves and everything like this. Mm -hmm. So mental dominion. Mm -hmm. Um, this is there's just there's a lot of numbers yes. on this. So that's why I'm I'm trying to gather all this. So when you gaze into a normal human's eyes and exert your will over them, roll plus charm. Mm -hmm. On a ten plus hold three. On a seven to nine hold one. You may spend your hold to give them an order. Uh, regular people will follow your order, whatever it is. Hunters can choose whether they do it or not. Okay, so the mental dominion also can be on a hunter. Yes. Um, so I get is, you know, if they do, they mark experience. Now is, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to fully 
understand mental dominion a little mm-hmm. bit here. So basically the holds are like the amount of commands that she can give. And then with right. the hunters, mm-hmm. I think that I can still roll to see if I'm successful. But even if I am successful, the hunter can decide whether or not they're going to do it and say, no, I'm not doing like, I'm not going to do this, you know, or gotcha. decide to okay, do it. For okay. Okay. Now I understand. So, okay. That now that makes more sense. I was trying to figure out what that last half kind mm-hmm. of meant. Um, all right, cool. And then, uh, a natural appeal is your other move. Yes. Um, Roll plus weird instead of plus charm when you manipulate someone. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the the non non prescription glasses. Yeah. Thing. Um, <laughs> it's it's great. Her only giveaways are her claws and her bright yellow eyes. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, and I dig the look that you that you've got down here. Yeah. So she's a woman um, with a powerful aura and casual clothes. So um, she her powerful aura is part of the succubus thing. It's like a like, the way that I imagine it is, like, you know how animals, certain animals will, like, evolve to attract prey to them? Like, that's how mm-hmm. her, like, how those demons have evolved, like, to attract prey to them. They have, like, a powerful aura that gets people's attention. Um, and so she's not trying to get people's attention, but her aura turns heads and stuff like that. And then usually that'll kind of get her into some kind of situation, you know? So what she does is wear, like, dumpy, baggy, casual clothes to kind of just, like not look important and look very unassuming and like never wants anybody to notice her. Okay. So they're like, they're baggy. So like, you know, like sweats and stuff like I'm that. I'm thinking or? like a sweater dress and skinny jeans mm, and okay, like some okay. chucks. Like that's like what I imagine. On oh, some chucks. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, Now, Sam, yes. uh, for your character, I feel like maybe you said this, but I was just thinking about the, the clothes thing again. Um, did you, did you say what your, what your dude's like decked out in? Yeah, it's so sporty clothes. Generally, I think he's, he's kind of, so he's right. He's a popular high school kid, right? So he's probably Mm -hmm. doing the whole athleisure thing where he's wearing sweats, but they're sweats that he paid $50 for (laughs) that have like, you know, that, that are like actually pretty well fitted. Maybe they have like the, the kind of moto ribbed knee deal and right. maybe like like a uh, a sweatshirt like a crew neck sweatshirt that's like two sizes too big or um or you know possibly just like a an, an athletic t-shirt like a tech running tee or something right um but yeah so that's that's kind of what i what i see him him wearing of course when he's performing he's he's probably rocking you know jeans and a white tee something like that Okay. But um, right. but general generally like yeah like athleisure um, probably a lot of whites grays and blacks maybe with like a splash of bright color but like he's not he's not out there in like you know Hawaiian shirts and shorts and button downs because <laughs> right. that's what we all wear yeah, okay. when we're not being athletic <laughs> yeah exactly it's either Hawaiian shirts or sweatpants that's it those are the options right it's it's either Kobe Bryant. Or Jimmy Buffett. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Those are the it's two the those are the two, two states of existence. <laughs> the the two genders. All right. Um <laughs> no, okay. Uh now, oh my God. Sam. Uh I I felt like I realized that I didn't ask you this as well, but I kind of felt like maybe it was a little maybe obvious, but since mm-hmm. you're a human and everything yeah. like that, and you're a teenager, how much of your story did you tell um the individual? Oh, buddy, if there's one thing you gotta know about T.J. Sanderson, he hates cops. 
<laughs> oh, good. So, so yeah, I think TJ Sanderson is like is kind of high and mighty about all this. Like, I'm not, I'm not giving you anything unless you give me a reason to. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of waiting for his mom or someone else to like. Did he flip off the top whatever. one time? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> See, I Absolutely. love this because, like, TJ is going to, like, I don't know if TJ is going to then be, like, stoked or if he's going to be, like, more concerned when he finds that this guy is not a cop. That oh, sure, I, yeah. Like, I think that I'm, that's, let me try this again, in English this time. <laughs> uh, I think that'll be a very interesting kind of thing to see, like, you know, if you were to actually be able to see TJ's face of, like, the moment where he's like, oh, he's not a cop, and it's like, oh, then where the fuck am I? Or if it's mm-hmm. like... Oh, well, maybe I could have told him more. Or if it's like, eh, you're still an adult. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> now, uh, back over to Morgan mm-hmm. here. So you've got, there's a lot going on with a character of this type. How much of your history do you tell this person? She is doing everything she can to not mention the demon thing. Like, she knows mm-hmm. that it's probably a crapshoot at this point, but old habits die hard. And she's like, yeah, my mm-hmm. dad... I- my dad raised me, Derek Smith. Like, we're, I just am a normal person. You know, I just like to mind my own business and do my thing, you know. And she's like, even though it's like pretty obvious, if it seems like in this sort of situation, it's pretty obvious that like she's here for the demon reason. Like, she does will, mm-hmm. like, does not want to admit it <laughs> as much as she can. Okay. So, love it. Okay. Um, so, real quick, before we exit, um, since this is our very first world building, story uh let's i'm gonna real quick run uh the audience here whoops through the i gotta click out of this book um so let's talk real quick about how the game works um so that way you know everyone's sort of on the same page so as a hunter uh you guys act like you're the hero in the story because you are right you're all here to make your own destiny um you fight the damn monsters and stop them and you play your hunter like they're a real person. Um, so you have some basic moves here that we'll be using throughout. Um, kick some ass when you get into a fight and kick some ass. You roll plus tough. Um, I mean, we can get into like how the advanced things of like what the rolls actually mean um, when we get into the game. But essentially, the... Um, there's consequences for for basically any kind of role, right? Now, with kicks and mass, like, no matter what happens, no matter how good your fight is, uh, you're going to both take some damage, like, both you and your, uh, your, the victim, uh, obviously. Um, but, uh, you do get an enhanced effect, which I guess could negate it, but, you know, if you do poorly, you do get to mark experience, um, which is good because in a way failing is the best, uh, is the best teacher. Um, and as we all grow in experience, we get to learn new moves and we get to get better gear, stuff like that. And, um, we're working on a system in which we can sort of tailor the game a little bit to ourselves so that, you know, it's not just all the moves here. There is a system for creating our own moves. So as we go, if we, find like, oh man, every time I'm on the field with Morgan, Morgan and I could do this sick, like, you know, double demon move, you know, and like, maybe there's a move for that, (laughs) that you guys want to create or something. I don't know. Um, Act under pressure. When you act under pressure, you roll plus cool. Help out. When you help another hunter, you roll plus cool. 
Um, investigate a mystery. That's kind of like your, uh, your not perception. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, investigation check kind of. Equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like that. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and sharp, so you know, you're just investigating. Yeah. Yeah. That's using plus sharp. So you're just investigating a mystery, but that can be all sorts of things. That's what happened here. What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What is it going to do? Uh, and what is being concealed here? So you can ask, uh, depending on how you roll, up to two of those questions. Um, and I have to answer uh, truthfully. Uh, manipulate someone, which is something that we've sort of dealt with a little bit, talking with Morgan's characters. That's you know, using plus charm. But you, know, you have to give them a reason uh, to tell them to do what you want them to do. And if it's a good enough reason and it's a good enough role, then they do it. Uh, protect someone. You're preventing harm to another character. Roll plus tough. Read a bad situation when you look around and read a bad situation. Roll plus sharp. Um, and read a bad situation can give you, um, uh, the ability to ask a question. Um, like what's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? Um, and uh, I don't think we have any magic users here, so we don't really need to go through that. Um, there's the, the, the two things that we'll kind of talk about a little bit here real quick is harm and luck. Um, harm, you know, when you suffer harm, the keeper will tell you what effect it has. Um, there might be some severity. Um, I don't remember what everyone starts off with here. I think that's on everyone's character sheet, which we can look at later. But I think most people have um seven i believe um yes or at least when they start um so you know as we go and you level up you i think you can get a little bit of that back the one thing that we'll get into is depending on what happens in this story you may not necessarily recover in between episodes because some episodes mm -hmm. are like within like an hour or 10 minutes of each other um so we just have to make sure that we're Keeping on top of that, um, there is a system here basically of if you die, that's it. That, you know, that's, that's a done deal. Um, however, we're not going to write people off of this show. Um, so if you die, um, we will have a couple different ways that we can handle that for the demons and stuff like that. Perhaps it is just a thing of, you know, maybe you have to sit out like one arc kind of thing and it's like, getting your demonic whatever uh, power back essentially to come back mm -hmm. from hell or you could say okay well that character's dead i'm gonna take that experience and everything like that and move it over to a new character to be introduced in uh the next arc um which is totally okay for any of the human people um i will give them an option to maybe become a ghost version of that oh, cool. <laughs> um but we also don't want to have like five ghosts on a team. So, yeah, right, um, right, right. That, you know, I don't want it to be, you know, Pac Man and Blinky Inky and Dinky <laughs> yeah. and whatever the rest of those are. Um, I think one of them is just like Chuck. Anyway, uh, and the Clyde. last thing is luck. Clyde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, luck is something that the McElroys don't really seem to be using much of. Um, I mean, the, sorry, not in their real lives. I mean, <laughs> in the game. Um, when you spend a point of luck, you pick one. You decrease a wound you have suffered to zero harm. After you roll, retroactively change the result to a 12. But when you have no luck left, bad things will happen to you. Here's the big issue with luck. You do not get luck back. 
luck like is something ever. that like like ever yeah um depending so, on how long we go with all of this we may like give some opportunities here and there but like it would be like one point maybe two what happens um, if you become you doomed I was gonna say, for me, when I run out of luck, the apocalypse happens. Oh, so yeah, really? and Whoa, so we real? have to be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that could either end the series or <laughs> could bring us into a totally different, like you know, mid-season like curve. It's like, okay, well, I know we're all after this bad dude over here, but we've got to make a hard right and save the world. We'll go back after that guy on some other. Lindsay day. has a lot of um, power over this. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay does God. have a lot of power over this. The good thing is, is that Lindsay uh, also doesn't want the world to end. That's so true. Oh, thank I'm goodness. sure she'll keep an eye on that. I mean, maybe she's saying, oh, I don't want it to end. Turns to the camera and is like, wink. Um, <laughs> you know, you never know. But when you have no luck, bad things will happen to you. And so, like, if you're doomed, like, I'm not going to be an, like a major dick about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to purposely be like... Oops, a daisies! You slipped in the shower and now you're dead. You know, like that's, you know, I'm not gonna do stuff like that. But I mean, it will probably be like a, and I rolled a nine, and I'll be like, mm, no, you rolled a six, and I'll probably <laughs> yeah, do that right. like three times in a row, you know, um, and just kind of continuously make sure that you are taking damage multiple times so that you're kind of getting out with like kind of with like one limb sort of barely hanging on essentially um mm -hmm. and that's just sort of the way the cookie will probably crumble um leveling up and some of that we sort of talked about all that we will do end of arc uh end of session things like did we conclude the current mystery did we save someone from certain death did we learn something new um and did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters Sorry, the first one was uh, important about the world. Sorry, and then something about the hunters, and then you get experience from uh, from those things. So this has been our first little world building thing, and I'm very excited about this whole situation and getting y'all into some high stakes scenarios. Oh yeah, yeah, so excited. So before we go. Um, why don't we do a little bit of a kind of a, not a roll call, whatever the opposite of that is, um, and go, I guess in the same order that people introduce themselves and just say where you can find them, like where you can find you rather, um, on times that you're not on this show. Well, I'm Lindsay Nelson and my podcast is historical. Sorry, my podcast is Historical Hotties, and you can find us on iTunes or um, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We're Historically Hot on pretty much all of those things, and we're a show where we talk about different categories of historical figure and determine which one is the biggest babe. Fantastic. I love that pitch so much. <laughs> Sam? Yeah, uh, I'm Sam, uh, Sam Grezes. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Grezeses. That's S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S-E-S. -E 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 uh, when I'm not here, you can find me on the State Your Case podcast on the Scavengers Network, where I go through state by state, all 50 states in the union, uh, and pretty much cut them like it's a, like I'm picking like so a softball team, uh, and I'm very, very harsh. Oh, there is only room for the best states in uh, our newer and shinier and better union of America 2.0. Uh, so come join us. I get a different guest every week uh, representing each state. And, and at the end, I decide whether or not each state gets to stay in the United States of America. It's a lot of fun. 
Uh, there's, you can search it on Facebook, State Your Case Podcast, or you can check us out on Twitter at State YR Case. Fantastic. And Morgan? Yes, uh, I'm Morgan Spatola. That's S-P-A-T-O-L-A. And when I'm not here, I'm on Academy Outcasts with my bud Thomas. Um, and we talk about movies. I just don't know anything about movies um, or pop culture in general, but we focus on movies on this one. And um, every week or every other week, he hits me with a list of movies that I definitely should have seen. I tell him what I have or have not seen. Then we pick one and we review um, and he knows a lot more than I do, so we kind of go at it from those two different sides. Um, so you can find us on Twitter at Academy Outcasts, and then obviously the podcast, wherever fine podcasts are found. Um, and then I'm on pretty much every social media handle. It's just Morgan Spatola, um, which is, again, S-P-A-T-O-L-A. Fantastic. Um, and I am your keeper, which is what they call like the dungeon master or gamekeeper or game master or whatever uh, of this series. Um, uh, and my name is Colin M. Parker. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and all those good places under that same name, C-O-L-I-N-M-P-A-R-K-E-R. I am on Journey Under 30 with Alex Taylor, which is um, a show about us doing what we can do to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. Uh, I am also the host of The Bad Pen Pal, where each uh, each episode I sit down with a person that I haven't spoken to in a while, and we get caught up and ask all sorts of uh, silly questions. Uh, The most recent episode before this one was recorded was with Jordan Reed of the Scavengers Network, and that was a super fun episode to do. Uh, And um, if you want to find the Scavengers Network, you can find us on Facebook at the Scavengers Network, and on Twitter, you can find us at ScavengersNet. Um, and so I'm going to do a little walkout here. It's very, very brief scene. And then we'll see you on the next episode of Myth Takes. Thank you so much for joining us, um, Lindsay, Morgan, and Sam. Thank you. Very excited. Bye. Yeah, same. Okay, so here's, here's the scene. After every interrogation is done, all of the individuals are pulled into one giant conference room where the man with the glasses and the blazer and the tablet stands at the edge of the table and looks around at each and every face. Finally, he sits down and says, All right, some of y'all are not being quite straight with me, but I guess we'll get to that in due time. But, Jesus Christ, man, I... All right, let's just start from the beginning.